Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. I will be reading from the message. Here are these words of scripture. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Matt Mallott, and I'm excited to talk to you all today about relationships. We're going to talk about how God becoming human and living among us has set for us an example for the relationships we are to have with one another, and particularly in our current uh, series, with our neighbors. Now, I, I do want to limit your expectations. I am no expert in relationships, okay? Just ask my neighbors, or one of them who's sitting right here. Actually, don't ask my neighbor, please. Uh, well, thank you. That was nice. And in terms of relationships, I have failed at some pretty big ones in my life. But I hope I can still find some meaningful things uh, to say out of the Bible and out of the text that we just read uh, that can enlighten our conversation about relationships. So, as I said, I'm no expert and have come to realize that I am up here to talk to you all about relationships not because of any ability that I have, but because of the blessings I have received in terms of neighbors. I mean, Jen Spieth last week spoke about joy because she is a joyous person, and her prayers are always so uplifting and joyful, and that makes so much sense. And I am here to talk about neighbors because there are some great people who are forced to be my neighbor. I have David and Susan Slaby on one side of me, members of this church, and I have Matt and Kathy Abel on the other, also members of this church. So I think I figured it out. The key is to move next to people who go to your church, and then you got it. And that's it. And I think I can sit down now. That was it. Okay. No, not really. There's more to it. But um, it has been a blessing to have the neighbors that I have. And so when we turn to the text and we look at how God envisions this, these relationships for us, we look at a God who has come into humanity. And this version we read is from the beginning of John's gospel. And I always find this to be one of the most powerful aspects of God's love for us. Just think about it. The God of the universe all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, unassailable, beyond understanding and majestic, this God decides to limit God's self to become human. That God became a baby to bring light into the world filled with darkness. That all-powerful God became a powerless newborn, entirely reliant on the goodness of others to survive. That God was given a name, just like you and me, and they called him Jesus. Jesus, God, grew up in a poor neighborhood, distant from the big cities, 
He became a carpenter just like his dead father and then gave that security up to go around preaching the coming of God's kingdom. In his presence, in his preaching, and in his healing, he made that kingdom of peace and joy known until he suffered and died on a cross, abandoned by many, friend, by many friends and much of his family. And all of this was done to open the doors of relationship with God for everyone, for all time. And then three days later, he was raised from the dead, shattering the power of death over our relationships forever and flinging wide open those doors of relationship. And now we await Jesus's return and the culmination of that kingdom building project that we saw in his life. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the God of the universe made God's self vulnerable to physical pain, to emotional pain at the loss of friends and family, to rejection by people who he loved, to shame at the hands of uncaring men in power, and even subjected God's self to death. Also that God could be more fully in relationship with us. And this is the kind of example that God sets for us in building relationships with our neighbors. It's a pretty tall task. And as we await Jesus's return, we are called to break down barriers to relationships too, and to bring life to others, just as Jesus brought life into others' lives. But there's more here than a command, because at the heart of God becoming human to make relationships is love. God didn't become human because all the other gods were doing it, or because God was bored, his Xbox broke or something, you know, or because of a desire for more power. God became human because God loves us. Remember this passage? For God so loved the world that God gave God's one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Love is at the heart of everything God does. And love is at the heart of God's commands for us. Remember when Jesus was asked what was the greatest single commandment? He responded with two. The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And in Luke's version of the story, the teacher of the law then asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan. The moral of which is that anyone who you come across is your neighbor. And you are called to love them. Love. You aren't called to be good neighbors because it's the cool thing to do, but because of love. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, that means you're going to get to know them. Really get to know them. Not just a wave as you walk by or drive around, but really deeply get to know them, just as God, as our good neighbor, 
got to know us by becoming human to build even deeper relationships with us. God became human to be in relationship. God crossed the cosmic street to come meet us in our yards and shake our hands and introduce God's self. Because that is what love does. Love doesn't stop at small talk, but desires real relationships with others for the sake of those others. Now, to have these kinds of relationships with our neighbors means overcoming our hesitancy in getting to know new people. I struggle with this sometimes, or often. I find myself scared of getting to know someone's, or getting someone's name wrong, or of not knowing what to say, or I get scared of, you know, just standing there, being like, I don't know what to do. And so I don't say anything at all. So, for example, my son Max is playing soccer. And every weekend I stand on the sidelines with a bunch of parents. And I really know that I should get to know some of them. But I'm not sure I really want to get to know some of them. But I know that that's what I'm called to do. I know that if love is truly in my heart, I'm called to say hello to them, to get to know them. Because people are valuable in and of themselves and worthy of love. And that starts with getting to know them. I'm not a perfect neighbor. You can, as I mentioned earlier, just ask. I make mistakes. I say the wrong things or forget something like a birthday or something important that's going on in their lives. Or to let their dog out so she doesn't pee on the couch, which hopefully she didn't do yesterday. Um, I'm not a perfect neighbor. But when you build relationships with people, it's not about perfection. It's about being there and about trying to love. Maybe overcoming your hesitancy to get to know people isn't the issue. Maybe time is an issue. It's certainly one of mine. Life is busy, filled with all these things that demand our time, from work to kids to home to bills, and the list goes on. And ever since we have worked to return to normal after COVID, everything seems even crazier than it was before. However, I'm asking you to make the time, and I'm asking myself to make the time. I know it's hard, but it is so, so very important and so, so very good to do. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all your time, but try to find some to make some time to get to know your neighbors. They're worth it. You just have to be there and try to love. And when you love others, you get love back. When you give your time to others, you get time back. Or something even better. You become part of a chain reaction of love that breeds more and more love in a movement that builds God's kingdom. I can't tell you how much having great neighbors has meant over these past few years. I know people are looking out for me and my family and my home. 
I've been able to borrow lawnmowers in the dead of night. I'm not 100% sure they knew I borrowed their lawnmower in the dead of night, but I have. Sometimes you got to get in before the rain comes. It, you know, it's just where we're at right now. Um, I've received front door surprises of chicken noodle soup and gifts for Max. My neighbors have opened up their homes to me, and I have opened up my homes to them. Or home, I only have one. We've shared meals, lawn care tips, plants, snowblowers, shovels, and gifts. Having great neighbors is great. And that starts with building relationships with them. Now, I do have to bring up the fact that maybe your neighbors aren't great. Maybe they really don't like your dog. Or that new playset in the backyard. Or the new patio or addition or something. Maybe you play loud music late into the evening. I try not to. Maybe you just don't seem to get along. That makes all of this harder. I get that. But I believe that if you get to know them better and you show them kindness, you will find kindness in return. Now, I also know that not all neighbors are good people. And maybe there are dangers in opening up your life to them. Maybe you have kids and you're concerned with keeping them safe or grandchildren. And you're right to do so. So I want to make sure that I say this loud and clear. You can still love people and build relationships while maintaining boundaries that maintain the health and well-being of your family. So go out and get to know your neighbors. But it's okay in getting to know them in a way that keeps you safe and keeps your family safe. In all these cases whether you have good neighbors or not. I believe starting a relationship or building that relationship starts with hello. And as a practical lesson, I wanted us all to take some time today to greet one another. Here in church, across the literal and potentially metaphorical aisle. In the church I grew up in, we took time to pass the peace of Christ to one another as a way to build those moments of connection. And so I'm going to ask you all now to do that here with the words, peace be with you, or the peace of Christ be with you. And, and Kathy and I are going to do a little demonstration, show you how this works. Okay, so, so here you go. So, uh, peace be with you. You can handshake. You can hug. Peace be with you. You can also just like do Peace be with you, Peace be
The peace of the Lord be with you all, always. Please, uh, be seated. <laughs> now get back. Come on. We got things to do here, people. No, just joking. Uh, there was a church I served in where the pastor just he couldn't get us back to sit down like we would like literally walk up like all the way people in the back come with people in the front and uh anyways but that's the point too right uh, is to make those moments of connection to get to know one another to pass that peace on and to take it from here out into the world around us so as i close i call you all to go out and build relationships with your neighbors Go for a walk around your neighborhood. Get outside and do some yard work. The weather's finally kind of sort of getting there. Find programs with your neighbors. Start a little free library on your front yard. Have a block party. Or just walk over and ring the doorbell and say hello. Maybe bring some cookies. I like those. Or plant. I like those too. Sorry, this isn't all about me. Um, there are so many ways to be a good neighbor. So I call you to go. Go and get to know your neighbors. And build those relationships for love's sake. Let's close in prayer. Or close this in prayer. We've got other things still. Lord God, you who are immeasurable so deeply love us that you came to be one of us. To experience all the range of human feelings. All so that you could draw us closer to you. Lord, we pray that you empower us and inspire us with your spirit. To live out the very kind of love that you have shown us in building relationships with those around us. With our neighbors wherever they are, and whoever they be. Amen. Uh, please stand in body or in spirit as we sing our closing song together.
You may be seated. The last thing we do each Sunday is remind you that the church doesn't end when the worship service is over. The message goes with us out into our daily lives, and the work of the church continues through your help. So here are some of the ways that you can engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. Next Sunday, which is already May 7th at 3 p.m., we invite you to come celebrate our ninth anniversary of becoming a reconciling church. Uh, Joy Fenton Jones will be our guest preacher that morning, that afternoon, and our district superintendent Bruce Hitchcock will serve communion. Uh, so you can join us in person or online. You have been hearing a lot about this good neighbor experiment as in these past couple weeks. Um, you've seen the handouts there. You perhaps have been coming to the Sunday school class. It is going to continue throughout the summer, not with the sermon series, but with something that's called labs. So our first lab is the Joy Lab, and it kicks off May 8th online at 7.15 p.m. We'll join in conversation with teachers from this neighboring movement. It is something that grew um, out of the West Coast from churches all across the country. And then from that meeting, we will join a small, small group or two uh, or three or four, depending on how many are interested in being part of it, where we can meet in the afternoons or the evenings and just talk about how it is going being good neighbors with our first focus being on the joy, being our authentic selves. You can register for that Joy Lab at BUMC links and get the, um, the I think it's on Facebook, um, you can get that link there. And then speaking of our neighbors, the Emerald Necklace Garden Club will host their spring plant sale here on Saturday, May 13th, and we are hosting a refreshment stand during the sale. All proceeds, um, they decided, will benefit our bike ministry, which is very exciting. If you would like to help, if you could be part of it, sign up for a shift, serving refreshments, or donating baked goods for the sale. Now let us receive the benediction so we can go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. <laughs>